But if you're having fun, like, I, I love replaying it just because, like, I like listening to the music or just noticing things in the story I didn't before. Just like, oh, this is, I don't know, it's just nice. That's why you make such a good historian because you have such an intimate and longstanding and, like, realistic expectation of words that are flowing out of my mouth. Because you have the ability to, uh, to like, play those things and learn them through, through repetition and be refreshed on them. Also, Whereas I generally feel like my experience with games are such a shotgun blast because it's just like a, well, that happened, time to move on to the next thing. Well, I think that's actually one of the things I really enjoy about the Soulsborne games, like specifically, is that I can kind of uh, play them maybe a year later and do a decidedly different route than I did my initial playthrough. So like when I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time, I picked a Pyromancer because I thought he looked cool. You're disgusting. I, I was just like, oh, this guy looks cool. He has a, an axe in one hand and he has a fire spell in the other. That's dope. But then after I completed that playthrough, maybe when I, the Prepare to Die edition came out on PC and then the mod for it that made it actually usable on PC came out. And beautiful. And beautiful, yeah. Running at over 60 frames finally. And uh, I decided to do a Thief playthrough and it felt like a completely different game to me. It was nice. You couldn't cheese the game in a way that you could be for and it forces you to adapt and think, what are the things that really exemplify my abilities as a thief, as a dexterity build. And then you start to build around that. And that's what I really like about the, the Souls games, especially Bloodborne. Soulsborne games are the best at that type of replayability because there's a lot of replayability that you either do because the game will be completely different mm -hmm. or because of replayability through repetition. But like the ability to, to replay a game and have it be different because of the mechanics... You, every every game that you want, like you can play Dark Souls as a mage, you can play Dark Souls as as a as a sword and shield, you can play Dark Souls as a pyromancer, mm -hmm. you can play Dark Souls as a thief, you can play Dark Souls fucking naked if you want to. Yeah, as a, what is it called, the depraved or deprived or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's so many parries a lot. Uh, and and I think it's odd too because when it's unfeasible, it seems unusual. Like playing a blood tinge build. In Bloodborne, it is very difficult to play a blood like a blood-based build in Bloodborne, at least until the DLC release. But even then, it's still very challenging to do a blood tinge build and even an arcana build to some extent. But that's the thing that's weird about Sekiro to me. I, I feel like there's no real there's no specking in the way you can Dark Souls. And in that respect, it makes me think that it is an immediately approachable game. But I think that the specking comes in the form of the arts, where you basically, you, you find these texts that teach you these special abilities, and then you earn experience, and upon earning certain experience, you level up and you unlock those skills. You don't actually level up, you, you just have enough XP to unlock skills. And that's how you can kind of differentiate some playthroughs, future playthroughs maybe. I feel like we almost need to roll something back for a second. This is a perfect rolling start. Hey, we're... This is Joey... No, this is Garbage That's, Game Club. Thank you. We have two podcasts. <laughs> this is Garbage Game you Club. You're embarrassed to tell people that I have two podcasts. I have two podcasts. We're talking about the most fucking pretentious millennial LA thing in the world, right? <laughs> and now we're just living it. I feel embarrassed. I do feel embarrassed. I'm like, 
I have a podcast. <laughs> you have two podcasts. I have two podcasts. Just because it's one of those like things. I have like, two and I'm the namesake of one. It's disgusting. It's like every, everyone has a podcast. Yeah, you know, everyone who's everyone who's anyone has a podcast. Everyone wants a piece of that podcast pie because it's just so easy to talk eloquently to the microphone. But you know what? It is. So they're, they're kind of right in that regard. Yeah, that's fine. But this holds a special place in my heart because we can talk about video games. And while I like talking about video games with you, Nick, I don't like that we can't talk about Sekiro, Sekiro, Shikiro, Shakira, Shakira without framing it initially with a, with a From Software slash Dark Souls slash Soulsborne tinge. Because this game, since its release, since we saw it E3, that title screen that said From Software, mm-hmm. was cursed forever by being a dark souls game well i mean i think that's a that's a problem that any creator faces though whenever you make something new it's always going to be held to the standard of what came before and that's not inherently bad i just think that you should take pride in knowing that if you made something you put a piece of yourself in it a whole team put pieces of themselves in it and in that it is almost identifiable by the pieces of yourself you put into it. So I I do think it is not... I don't think you should hold them to the standard, but I do think it's fair to compare because you can see an evolution. You know, as humans, we like to track our growth. You know, what is our, our arc as human beings? Where did we start and where did we end? And I think that that sort of process is it's fair to hold other aspects of things humans create you know it's, it's only natural well i guess there might be like some weird theming going on here because if this is an evolution of of a soulsborne type game if soulsborne was the full beautiful shinobi mm-hmm. sekiro just chops a limb off from the start and it's like hey it's only like some of the game you're used to see it is 90% by the book from Soft. Uh, if you divorce all the Kingsfield games, if you divorce some of the Tenchu games or whatever, it is... It is... I, I think if I had to compare it to any game in the FromSoft library, the closest comparison I could make is Bloodborne. And I see everyone mentioning Armored Core in chat. Well, let it be... Yeah. You mean we don't do this in a vacuum? <laughs> because we're live oh, on twitch.tv slash cyber garbage. Let it be known. We are going to get a game that's basically Dark Souls or Sekiro, but with mechs. And it's going to be fantastic because you're going to kill enemies. You're going to rip off pieces of their body and attach them to yourself. Fuck mechs. Joey. Oh. Joey, you're hurting me. Don't say stuff like that. Fuck mechs. But think how dope it'd be. It'd be like, oh, that jetpack, I need to rip it off that boss so that I can throw it on my own back. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, you know those, uh, the, uh, the, the railing system that I need so that I can get launched further on launch pads? I'm gonna steal that from that enemy who's very difficult, but once I do, it's gonna be very nice. That seems like an interesting, uh, Metroidvania-style game, where just, you know, you're picking up all your upgrades from defeating people. Yeah, no, I, and I think that the armored course, we're getting... Very out in the woods. But I do think that we are going to see an Armored Core style. Yeah, it, it is the Surge, but I think FromSoft can do it better because it's going to be like, hey, you can have that badass jetpack, but it's going to make you overheat. 
So you got to put some dampening systems on, but if you put some dampening systems on, it's going to make you heavy, so you're going to move slower, and that's the beauty of FromSoft. They take, in, they take into account all those little details that like make sense logistically, but then you're like, oh, I got to compromise. And, and, and that, I think that is the beauty of FromSoft games is whenever you have an idea, you can usually make that work with like a build, but it's usually going to come at a compromise of how it affects you negatively. And that's what's cool. You know what affects me negatively in Sekiro? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. And I think that's why it's the easiest FromSoft game. And that's not a bad thing. I, I, I still feel guilty that that that, it, that we're looking that that we can't that it's hard to look at this game in a vacuum. Like why does that to be the easiest from sauce game? Why can't it just be a a hard ninja stealth game or a like why has it got to be like a like an easy Dark Souls? Because I thought for a while at the beginning that it was a uh, a, a harder version of Dark Souls, and then I learned how to play the game. And then once, it, it, it's it's kind of like a, oh, it, it, playing Sekiro is like a, it's it's like learning a skill. It's it's way more like equipping yourself with a bunch of tools and, and practicing and getting better at something than most games. I feel, um, you know, like like a lot of people have have said that it is, you know, almost akin to a rhythm game. And that's kind there's of a whole Twitter I... thread dedicated to it, where someone put basically an overlay, like a Guitar Hero style overlay, over certain enemies, and it syncs up the LB and RB buttons to the rhythm of attack. So yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, take credit for that. That's something that a lot of people are talking about, you know. But I, once once you learn how the game works, it feels so much more fluid and so much less difficult and the only reason that you would even call it hard in the first place is just that the that the learning curve looks less like a curve and more like a very uh, like a cliff yeah and i th i think the thing about sekido is that it seems weird to say but like if you understand rhythm and you can feel rhythm I think this game is significantly easier for you. But I think that if you have a hard time understanding rhythm and the beats in between each hit, that, that's when you have a harder time. And that's not a, a slam on anyone in particular, but just some people are better at certain types of things than others. And I think this game appeals to the things that people who are maybe not as... The people who are good at Dark Souls might have a harder time with Sekiro, I would People say. People who have Dark Souls muscle memory, like me, have a hard time with Sekiro to start because all I want to do is the wrong thing all the time. You can play Sekiro and just like not touch the joystick a lot of the time. It's just like, you know, block attack, block attack, block attack, block 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 attack. You can you can count boss hits like like you're some kind of a maestro, like one, mm -hmm. two, three, four, slash. One, two, one, two. One, two, three. And that's I started timing it like it was a musical. I would I would just I would just sing in my head the the attack patterns of people people might know this now <laughs> and and well and as you do that like that is a way of doing the game and so there's two systems in the game there's the posture system and then there's just the enemy health system and so uh, apparently we're sliding out of frame and <laughs> jesus i'm gonna hold uh-huh uh-huh 
And and, uh, there's two systems of killing enemies. There's the <laughs> posture system, and then there's the damage <laughs> damage <laughs> system. <laughs> and so, you can drain an enemy's health by blocking and then just like taking pot shots at the enemy. So I think a good example is an enemy who jumps and then you run away, do a thrust attack, and then continue running away. That is a completely feasible way of playing the game. But I think the optimized way of playing the game is the way Miyazaki intends in that you watch your enemy, you deflect their attacks and parry at the proper times, and you break their posture. You deal damage to their posture, and in doing so, opens you up to an insta-kill. And, again, for Dark Souls fans, if you're bad at rhythm, you will excel at blocking, taking a pot shot at an enemy, and dealing a little damage, but you will know, like, you know in advance, this is going to take a long time for me. This boss fight, sure, I could be really good at blocking and understand the rhythm of this boss, and it'll take me three minutes, or... I can just be like, I'm just going to try and cheese this a little bit. I'm going to block, run away, jump. When you know he's open, I'm going to slash once. And then I'm going to wait for that to happen every 30 to 40 seconds. And that three-minute boss fight becomes 20 minutes long. But I love that the game has that ability. And the game lets you be smart if you're willing to be patient. Because you can you can abuse so many systems to get stealth kills mm-hmm. for early damage. You can abuse systems... Um, to just chip away at enemy health and not worry about posture like you're talking about. There were some bosses in the game. Um, the the one that comes to mind for me is um, when you're in the dream. No, not when you're in the dream. When you when you fight the the monk the first time, before you get there, before you cross the bridge, you fight the uh, the crying lady. Crying in the, lady in the pink kimono. Really? What? Crying lady? Yeah, she's weeping and singing. She's in a pink kimono. You fight her before the bridge, after the waterfall, before you get the corrupted monk. You have to. Oh, I don't remember her. What? Yeah, I don't. How? Oh, wait, no, I know who it is. I just beat it on the first try, so it didn't leave an impression. <laughs> um, but that is an optional... What, what's the plot? That's not optional, boss. It is an optional, because you can go and see the person that she's crying over first, and then you can report back to her, apparently. There's no way that's optional. Really? Maybe I'm thinking of something different. No way that's optional. Um, yeah, so that, that boss was probably one of the two or three that gave me the most trouble in the game. So uh, I'm just like, okay, let me just be a little bit patient and... You know, get her to her second phase and then let her do... Just run around in circles. Mm-hmm. Just run around in circles, wait for her to do a specific attack, hit her once or twice, and then repeat. And then, uh, you know, the game let me use my my patience mm-hmm. to overcome something as opposed to, you know, my ability to um, master her systems. Which is which is fun because it, it feels like that... that it, there's there's a, there's an escape route for most bosses where if you're just willing to take it slow, mm-hmm. you can win. No, absolutely. And see, that's the problem I find with myself when I play games like this because I am an inherently aggressive player. Like, when I play a first-person shooter, I am less of the 
I need to wait for a, a perfect opportunity attack and more so just like I'm just gonna go out there and shoot something because That's I want why to. I have way more Apex ones. <laughs> I just enjoy being aggressive and which is why Bloodborne is my favorite Souls game, my my favorite FromSoft game, because it rewards that aggression and I think like Bloodborne Sekiro excels at like rewarding players who are aggressive and not aggressive in that I need to attack a character but aggressive in that I need to not run away from an attack and I need to endure the attack in order to understand how it feels and I think that's a, that's a thing that a lot of games have a hard time with is feel like weight behind your attacks weight behind the movement of your characters but from soft games it is it is imperative that you understand how you And for me, and for Sekiro in specific, yeah, the, the sound design helps so much with mm. the weight of the attacks. Because you really, like, the game almost pauses when you get a hit. There's, like, a couple, there's, like, one or two frames of, like, slowdown, which really makes the impact feel more impactful. Mm -hmm. And just the, the visceral sounds and, and the, the sheathing of the blade. Um, really makes me feel like I'm actually doing damage and I'm being hurt. Yeah, and, and Oro in chat raises a great point. You dictate the pace of the fight if you want to win. So it, it, you need to approach the encounter on your terms as opposed to the enemy's terms, which the game, like inherently, whenever you come across a character who towers over you, your first reaction is to run away and be like, I need to see and understand how this character is attacking. I need to understand their pattern immediately. And because of that, you usually lose most first encounters. Yeah. Uh, and then my reaction is just to uh, play like a stealth game. <laughs> but sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can, but sometimes you just can't. Almost always. You can usually... So, like... Almost even, always. So even though you can, like, do a stealth attack on enemies, sometimes they have an additional health bar... That you need to basically get break yeah, those their, are the uh, mini bosses break their posture essentially twice or sometimes in the big boss boys it's three times <laughs> and that's when you're like oh my gosh I gotta break this dude's health three times so just to to quickly rattle off some of the bosses I struggled with there's three that came to mind <laughs> the first boss was the one that everyone seemingly has a hard time on. It's a Genichi. Is his name Genichiro? Sure, you can probably step better than me. I'm pretty sure it's Gen. The dude in the tower is his name Genichiro. Yes. Genichiro is the one that everyone. If you go on Twitter, everyone hits a brick wall with Genichiro. Everyone does, because he has two forms. And and again, I have problems with this game. Don't get me wrong. I have two problems that I can name with this game that don't make it bad, but they're just two glaring issues that I just think could have used a little more time developing. And the first one develops with Genichiro. And it's, uh, once you reach his second phase, he you learn about this lightning status. The lightning status, I think, is one of the most poorly thought out elements in Sekiro, just because it pops up with, I think, four enemies in total. Yeah, how many enemies do poison? How many enemies do fire? But poison and fire is something that doesn't require a button prompt. Lightning does. And it's a very unusual button prompt, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Well, the prompt bit. for all of them is to dodge them and not get hit. No, but the button prompt, if you get afflicted with them, is to, it, with poison and fire, is to go into your item inventory screen and then use the appropriate item to heal. 
but lightning, you have to jump in the air and before you can get afflicted with lightning status while you're in the air. That's usually when it happens. But if you're touching the ground when you're afflicted with lightning status, that's when you lose three quarters of your health. But so, so there's like this really weird window where you can reflect lightning damage. And again, it's a great reward. You can reflect the damage back at the uh, attacker. But if you fail to press the guard button and the attack button before you hit the ground, it sends the attack back at the enemy or it doesn't. And if you touch the ground, you take crazy damage. And that window is like less than a second. So in comparison to uh, poison... Uh, terror or fire you just go in your inventory and then you take the item to heal that appropriate condition so that that's the only thing that feels kind of cheap to me in a way that's unusual it seems like one of those things someone throws out in like a like a writer's room and they're like yeah let's do that and then they're like oh we didn't really we didn't really figure out how to integrate that properly i, I think the closest thing i could compare it to is the curse status in the original dark souls where it has your health and it's like i already died so i'm getting punished further for dying mm -hmm. like okay it's just one of those cheap yeah and there is eel li eel liver but it doesn't account for the fact that you take immediate damage if you fail to reflect the status you can build resistance to it but in true from soft status i'm sorry i'm talking so much for in true from soft status the scariest enemies are always the ones who are the same size as you, but those are always the most fun fights. Do you disagree? Do you, what do you think about characters who are your size? No, man, the scariest enemies are the big boys because you're like, oh man, he's gonna put the bell on my head. Oh no, he's gonna crush me with a <laughs> hammer. People my size are like, it's fine, I'm gonna kill you easy peasy. And you do, you do. Um, I enjoy my problem with Genichiro. My thing with Genichiro is that it's actually my favorite boss. Yeah, I love Genichiro because it's a really cool way to put a tutorial for a game, uh, like three or four hours in. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, have you been paying attention? Hey, are you playing the game right? Because if you <laughs> haven't been playing the game properly, you're going to really struggle with this, and you're going to have to learn how to play the game the way we want you to play the game before you can continue. Which I think is a really cool way of putting like a second layer of tutorial in a game, um, and some and that's why you see a lot of people be frustrated with because a lot of people don't play the game properly, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know they're like, oh no, I have to you know there's there's this one moment where I have to stop down and spend a lot of time relearning everything. Yeah, which is um, I I can see why that would frustrate people. I can see why uh, you know people are upset, but. I think it's really cool, and ultimately it probably hurts people who may have had, you know, Casu shaky sea legs about the game from the first place. I think, I think if you have casual interest in a FromSoft game, you're like, oh, I'm going to check out Sekido. That's the boss that makes you really just slam your head against the wall and that, like, fuck, man. I, I got to either practice for a couple more hours or I'm just going to give up. And it's totally understandable anyone who wants to abandon the game at that point yeah and i and i have friends who like you know they're they're not into games that challenge them like that either because they're just not you know good enough even though you know because it's just like a weird quote unquote yeah or like they like they they, they don't want to learn or they don't yeah. have those skills because they haven't played enough games or like they just they just don't find the frustration enjoyable which which is Fair. Yeah. I think people who are playing this game are people who, you know, 
uh, inherently are a little bit more hardcore and okay with that stuff. So I would love to see like a like a play chart that's almost like a YouTube video of like time played and where, where the drop-offs are because I would just assume that people who are lukewarm about the game might really just put it down and leave upset. And going back to Genichiro a little bit, like I think that what makes that boss... And it, uh, the thing... I think if I had to name one thing that FromSoft truly excels at above most developers in this industry is that they have a good... They are very good at using gameplay to reinforce theme, the theme of their game via the story. And I think that Sekiro is truly, truly a marvel at that. Because, like you said, Genichiro is a four-hour-in tutorial that says, hey, have you been paying attention? And as a flag marker, that's your first big flag marker in the game. The second-to-last flag marker in their game is literally an encounter that happens in the same space it is on the tower and it is with your mentor al or, or it's your dad right it's father your, it's your quote-unquote dad and mentor so how appropriate is that the second to last big boss of the game is a father figure who taught you how to be a shinobi that you must then take down like how how appropriate is that as a way of bookmarking the game? Like that's beautiful. Yeah, I, no one does it like they do, which which is crazy. Like I don't know how more people are. Like, so many people study these games like mm-hmm. marvels of design, and I'd argue that um, no single game has influenced gaming in the last ten years. And Dark Souls has. Oh, I, I completely agree. And, and that that encounter with Al at the end just shows you how far you've come. And again, it is optional, but the game expects you to make the correct choice. Correct, air quotes, correct. Because, no, like, that is considered the bad ending in the game, if you decide to uphold the iron code. Yeah, like, the game knows, and I, the game knows what you should be picking. Mm-hmm. But then there, there are four different endings. A lot of them are fun. Yeah, they're, they're all very interesting. I'm a big fan of the way that the game uh, diverges after you beat... Genichiro. Uh-huh. Um, so you, you can go down one of two paths. You can do them both simultaneously. You can, like, you know... I wonder which one people do first more. Uh, I did the ape first. Uh, I think I did... I think I did everything except the ape first. So you went around everywhere, but then you can yeah. get the ape again. It's because I encountered the ape, and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm... So the ape was the second boss I had the most trouble with. It's Out of the three bosses, that was the one that I was like... I just can't beat this guy. Like, I felt like I had a hard time reading his attacks and his terror. Like, once I... He doesn't have a sword. He just hits you with a fist. And you're like, what's the timing window on this? And it was his second form specifically where I'm like, okay, I can block your sword attacks. But I feel like I don't have enough time to run away when you do your terror attack. And I feel like I just always die because I don't have enough time to run away. Well, that's one of the only bosses that you can't stay on top of. Yeah. Immediately, which, which is like, you know, that that's that's kind of like the, the rank of that boss. You just stay at a medium distance where most bosses you want to be in their face. It, it, it's kind of jarring because up to that point, you always have to be, like, locked in with your enemy. So that, that one took me a little bit. So I did everything else first because, like, oh, maybe I get something that helps me against this enemy or something like that. I don't know what more divine confetti. Yeah, I guess. And uh, yeah, that, that was the one that I had the, the second most trouble with. And I was into... Uh, I like how immediately after that fight, 
you're like, oh man, that was rough. You get another <laughs> guardian ape with a with a second guardian ape. And and you know what? That one was so much easier for me. Oh yeah, I beat that one first try because I understood the mechanics at that point. It's just the the outlier is I had to be a little more patient because the second ape joins in at a certain point, which is so cool. But also, everyone was was busting your balls because you weren't like using um, you know attachments. My prosthetics. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's the thing that I tried to make a conscious effort to do. And honestly, the thing that I just did was use my shuriken to kill dogs and baboons, usually. Yep, nope, that's great. And then firecrackers for beast enemies and bosses. I never use firecrackers. It's such a waste. You're an idiot. I um, never use... And then the umbrella is great for terror attacks, the terror umbrella. The umbrella? I, I saw a video of someone using the umbrella, and I was like, oh my god. This would have made my life significantly easier. The umbrella's great. The axe is great against the uh, the rats. I just like the axe because I was like, oh, this is a Bloodborne axe. Like, it felt like a Bloodborne axe, and, which was dope. Uh, what else? I didn't use much of the flame vent. I like the flame vent. I like the idea of setting an enemy, like, throwing oil at an enemy and then setting them on fire. I did that with the first mini-boss, the drunkard fat guy. The poison sword. Oh, I never got the poison sword. That was the one prosthetic I didn't get. Oh, I forget. Oh, I know where it is. Where is it? Uh, it's it's uh, before you meet Owl in the Burning City. You can like jump into a river and then like find a little back alley oh. that like has. It's pretty early in the game, and it puts you against one of those purple shinobi uh, people. One of the ones with the purple robe, like super early. Oh no, I did get that then. The poison. It's a po I don't oh, think it's no, poison. That, that, that's the feather. That's that is the feather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that one. I, I don't. I never got the poison thing though. Um, but speaking of that, like purple shinobi, I love that in every Souls game or like every FromSoft game. I keep saying Souls game. There's like the equivalent of the Dark Knight, the Ashen Knights or whatever, where it's like he's not a boss. He's not even a mini boss. He's just an enemy who's a pain in the ass to fight. Like. This enemy is difficult. Like, yeah. He's just tough. And that's what the purple shinobi are. But after a while, you're like, they kind of become trivial. I love that you can use them to your advantage, too, because uh, oftentimes enemy types in the games just fight each other. Uh, yeah. So uh, The red the red uh, was, samurai warriors versus the purple. There was a mini-boss that was in the... Uh, God, there's one room that gives like three different mini-bosses in the castle. Uh, if you go back at different times. And the final one after after uh, the castle's been set on fire, there's a really tough, just just a ninja-like enemy there. Mm -hmm. But you can you can aggro the purple people and just have them kill each other. Yeah. That's great. It, and uh, I, I do like that there is, like, this faction dispute in the game where there is, an, a, like, a war being waged. And you can kind of just, like, sit and monitor an encounter that might be difficult for you. And then you can kind of hop in and take out the winner whenever whenever it is appropriate, which is really cool. That That's one thing that I hope to see in future Soulsborne games, or future FromSoft games. Like, it, it's just a, a neat encounter. Um, but one thing that we kind of touched on a little bit that I, I kind of want to dive into a little bit. Again, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but just because I've seen it so much on Twitter, and it's something that's so tired and true, but, but the idea of accessibility in this game. That's been a big uh, topic of contention in the FromSoft community. There are the Dark Souls advocates who are of the get good 
variety who are kind of assholes in that like, oh, if you're not going to be good enough, then you don't deserve to play this game. Oh, And like, to some extent, I can understand why someone feels that way. It doesn't make you any more or any less of an asshole. But uh, the, the big cry is to uh, include some sort of like accessibility mode in the form of a quote-unquote easy mode. What game has ever been made worse by a toggable easy mode? The answer None. is zero. And one of my favorite examples is like Celeste. Celeste is a game that is designed to be a Dark Souls slam your head against the wall platformer, but it includes the option of an assist mode. And it's like, hey, this is. So just this is like give you more gold feathers or something? No, it's not even that. It's just, it gives you an additional jump. And so one of the, it, it's very interesting. The, de- the designer behind Celeste had a vision for the game. And this is the thing that people who are of the get good variety always cite as, well, it's not the developer's intent to design around people who maybe have a harder time. You should always design for disability. That's why you put subtitles in your game. And, and that... You know, and, that. And, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree. And then the, the person who designed Celeste said, that was my moment when I created the game in that I had this vision that I would... You can only have two jumps in the game. You have your jump, and then you have your double jump. That's it. I'm going to design every puzzle around that. And then the more and more he thought about it, the more and more he realized that he can have a toggle... A, toggleable button in the menu to just add an additional jump did it compromise his creative vision for the game no it still exists made it easier for some people yeah and is that a problem is it a problem that someone sees the rest of your game and if you're with a mindset where like you don't deserve to you need to really evaluate why you play games like this or just play games period like, why is it that you need to gatekeep something that is literally called a game? I wish I had an alarm that was like, SJW cuck. So we can... I don't think so. That's just common sense, though. I just want people to enjoy me if they like. Maybe because, you know, someone wants to play Sekiro because they're really into the story for some reason. I don't know why. I skip all the cutscenes. Or maybe they just, like, really are into some cool ninja I'm shit. I'm afraid to look at chat, honestly. <laughs> well, our community is great, but... I mean, you know, maybe they just want to like play the game. So like, I, I wish that those people could have those experiences without feeling bad. Because like, if I can play Sekiro, um, but like never get stuck in the bosses, I'm sure that'd be fun for some people. Mm-hmm. If there was like, even if you just added like a like a toggleable like boss win button, and you played the rest of the game. And and I think that like like Celeste. There is an easy integration of an easy mode in the form of additional revive, revives. Like, there's a mechanic in the game that already makes it easier than most FromSoft games. Like, the ability to have a second try. And so, why not just have a toggleable button that gives you three times, four times, five times, however many you want. It doesn't really matter. And Ordo raises a point, like, since it's a rhythm game, did they have easy modes on the hardest songs of Guitar Hero or Rock Band? Or were they inherently more difficult because they were faster and more intricate? Sure, you can have more complicated gameplay, but Rock Band and Guitar Hero eventually uh, created a no-fail mode. Just so you can have fun and just make your way through the best parts of a song. Everybody gets to get a participation award. Well, like, me personally, 
I don't like the Souls games or any FromSoft games because they're hard. I like it because of the worlds that they craft. So I like I, it because of the mechanics and the visceral feel of combat. I, I love exploring the worlds that Miyazaki and his team creates. So, like, if I have a hard time doing stuff like that, it's going to be a big turnoff because I want to see what kind of beauty is present in the, in the game. And saying... And again, some of the things that people say are like the the theme of the game is failure through repetition, but overcoming that failure through repetition, as is the case with most Dark Souls games. And, and like getting over it. And I don't disagree. It's it is about like it, it's an allegory for many things. It's just slamming your head against the wall until you eventually break through. But I I don't think that having an optional difficulty that you can just toggle on or off is detrimental to the people who still want to experience it that way, you know? It's, it's not. And I don't know anyone who's really, who I respect, who's really saying the opposite. Yeah, no, no, true. I, it's just, it's something that I felt the need to touch on just because it's so... Have, has, like, have FromSauce ever, ever, like, they never commented on that, did they? The only thing that they've said is that every game that they release, they ensure that Miyazaki is able to complete it because they don't, he doesn't consider himself a particularly good player of video games god i imagine how much fun it could be if they took that rule off Dude. and they had the hard <laughs> whereas the bosses are dumb and it's like a bullet hell game oh that'd be so much fun so sekio what's your favorite area in the game uh what's the best part of the game for you because i know mine the best part of the game is splitting off and exploring after the first big boss fight with, with Genichiro. And then being like, okay, well... So just where it opens up. Oyster. Because I think from that point, it is very, like, oddly linear compared to Dark Souls and I stuff mean, like that. I mean, I wouldn't say oddly linear. That's, that's, that's the least linear point. It gets really linear up into the Genichiro fight and then... But, know, but that's when it opens up. Splits and then, like, there, there's branching past, which is fun. I really enjoy that. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the level at the end, obviously, where, you know, there's a bunch of flowers. The, the palace grounds? The palace grounds are fun. The palace grounds are my favorite area in the game, just because of how beautiful it is. The palace grounds, both simultaneously, the palace grounds were most fun for me, not just because it was beautiful, because I played this game more like a stealth game than anything else. I probably played this game more like a stealth game than I played any of the Metal Gear games, mm. than I played... Hitman that I've played most most games. I'm like, oh, I enjoy the stealth games. It, it made me feel. It makes like, you feel cool. Like I was doing something uh, that I haven't felt since Splinter Cell. So it's just been a long time since I've felt the need to to exercise my patience muscle and play stealthy. And it, it's fun. The Palace Grounds is is such a great arena for that stealth gameplay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a pure spectacle. It is the hardest area in the game, I'd argue. And just one of the most beautiful. So that, like, conflict from both ends of beauty and difficulty just meet in this really fascinating way. And it's an area full of mysteries to uncover. And, like, there's the giant fish, who I have zero idea of how to deal with. There's the guy in the pot, who you can trade in those those uh, treasure scales, you've been, or the carp scales you've been hoarding for the whole game. You there, gotta get the mask. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there. I have the mask, but I don't know who to give it to. You don't give it to anyone. What do you do with it? It unlocks power upgrades in the... In oh, the, really? When you rest, yeah. You can upgrade your power with, with XP. Oh, well, there you go. I have XP equals one memory. 
I'm trying to think what what other... You can also kill or save the great carp. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's well, some dude who's obsessed with it, this lady's husband who's obsessed with it. Is there anything, any payoff with that? I mean, when he dies, he gets really sad because he doesn't know that he's dead. Oh. He's like, feed him bad bait. Oh. See, I, I never did that part. That was the thing. I got so much bait, but I was like, what do I do with this? I don't know what to do with this. You get a bunch of... Uh carp scales if you give them the bait oh, so you okay. can get to spend on like mass fragments or uh, lupus lazul this is one of the games like it's unusual because i'm usually a big side quest guy i never felt compelled to like see through see these quests through but i kind of regret it now seeing like oh man i wish i would have seen what happened with this this carp guy or i wish i would have seen what happened i learned that there's a, a bell that makes the game harder if you want oh that's great for farming purposes it, <laughs> it gives you more loot drops and it doesn't really make the whole game harder it makes the bosses harder mm-hmm. and you can turn it off at any time because when you ring the bell it gives you an item in your inventory to turn off the the demon that's haunting you mm-hmm. so great great mechanic yeah i, I think it's fun and if you have oh that kind of ties it back to that accessibility option. If you have an option to make the game harder, surely you can include an option to make the game easier. No. <laughs> no, man. What's the reward for that? Only for real gamers, bro. I mean, they're making their money. They're not... They, they, I would love to see an analysis of how much more money they would make if they made the game easier. I don't think they would. I don't think they'd make any more or less. I think they'd probably make a little less, honestly, because what other company... Like incels would be mad. Would be mad. Well, what other company would say, hey, we make the hardest games? Can you think of any other company that, that touts themselves as making the I'm not games? like a hard R gamer. <laughs> Jesus. What a terrible... That's a very funny way of saying that. I like that. Um... But yeah, I'll, make, I'll put that on a t-shirt. That's good. I'm a, not a hard R gamer. Ooh, that's bad. Uh, but, like, as much as we're gushing about the game, I have a little bit of problems with it. Just a couple. They don't detract from how I feel about the game overall, but I don't think it's perfect. Uh, one was that lightning status ability. I think that could be a huge turnoff for a lot of people. Uh, but in addition to that, I think that the game is often bad at... I was trying to remember my third point, so I'm just going to go with my second point. Is Oh, I remember. It's the uh, use of like trying to pursue some of the side quests. I think it could be an archaic way of completing side quests in a way that Dark Souls even isn't. Like Dark Souls is very obtuse about how you go about completing side quests, but this game is kind of like oh, there's nothing you kind of put in place here that tells me that this is how this works. I'm speaking specifically about the kite. Like the kite... Uh, the puppeteering the kite, skill. The kite is how you access one of the endings of the game. It is needed to go through and kill the giant snake in order to get its heart so that you can get the return ending of the game. But the problem is, you have to do it by using this puppeteer ability. <laughs> And to use the puppeteer ability, you, you unlock it fairly early on. But when you get a stealth kill on an enemy, you have the op- the option of activating this puppeteer ability where the enemy kind of comes back to life, but they become kind of like cannon fodder for, for other enemies to be distracted by. For the most part, it's like, oh, you're just a meat puppet. 
who endures a little bit of damage, and then I kill the person who's attacking my puppet. Fantastic. Great. But for certain puzzles, there's two puzzles, actually. There's the kite, and then there's the, the uh, actual... At least it's the same snake. puzzle. It is ah. the same puzzle. Um, but basically, there's like this, this, this uh, like pulley system where you have to roll or, or turn this, this handle that causes a kite to fly out in the distance. But once you let go of that handle, the kite returns back. And the idea is, I need to get this kite locked in the distance so that I can use it as a grapple point further up on the mountain. But I need someone here to hold it in place. So how do I do that? There's an enemy nearby, and before you get the puppeteer ability, you're like, well, I have zero idea of what to do. And after you get the puppeteer ability, based on how it's used mechanically, you also think, what the hell am I supposed to do? But eventually, you're somehow supposed to figure out... I do think that the game gives you a vague hint via giving rice to some important character where it's like, I need to puppeteer this enemy because this character is standing next to this handle and their job before they died was to turn this handle. So the logic is they do the last thing that they did before they died. So it turns out you need to possess this guy to some extent and cause him to turn the handle so that you can use it to grapple same thing happens with trying to navigate past the snake later on in the game where you have to puppeteer a, ba ba a, a, a puppeteer a baboon so that the snake can kill a baboon while you work your way into the cave. Otherwise, the snake will just pick you off. So that's one thing I'm like, the game is kind of bad at being, at communicating because it seems uncharacteristic to some extent, right? Because it, it does such a good job of teaching you everything else and so for it to throw one thing at you is like, oh, man. I think in these games, oftentimes, like, no, the people who want to get all these endings and all these different things just uh, look them up. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a weird, like, it's almost like they designed the game with, with a game guide, like a paper book in mind of like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, get, my, gotta get my game book so I can know how to, how to unlock the secret ending because it, 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 takes, it takes some mental gymnastics to be able to justify it, which, which sucks. If I'm complaining about things from the game, though, like, whatever, I, I can live with that. I genuinely couldn't have cared less about what was going on with the story. Oh, really? Like, Kuro, and like, oh, no, I'm his shinobi, I must protect him, and like, oh, man, there's your, there's my dad, oh, there's this lady, she's probably scary. I, I, I'll admit, there is part, there is some elements of the story that I didn't care for, like, the through line, like him breaking his shinobi code in order to uphold what is truly right, kind of didn't resonate. Like, it's very typical of, like, if you look at literally any Akira Kurosawa movie and stuff like that, it's like, okay, it's pretty by the book. But I think the thing that really resonates with me is the idea of uh, dragon rot, in that your deaths have consequences. And they don't really in the game, nothing bad happens if someone has dragon rot, I don't think. Like, I don't think anyone actually dies from having Dragon Rock. But I like... I mean, I healed them to make sure no one ever died. I think that people do die. You, you can lose the shopkeeper, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. No. I, but I, I just like the idea that, like, if you fail, people in the world suffer as a result. Which I think is interesting because not a lot of games do that. Like, they're like, oh, the fate of the world is in your hands. And if you die, everyone else will die. But in this game... There's like a tan there's a notification like, hey, you messed up and now this dude's coughing up a lung because you failed. It's like, 
Oh man, I already feel bad. Now you make me feel a little worse. <laughs> Thank you, game, for not letting me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fairly easy to stave off. And I think if this mechanic were in a Souls game, it would be very different. <laughs> you just wouldn't be able to complete side quests. Yeah, you'd kill people quick. Uh, my third problem with the game, and this is one that you might have actually been able to see if uh, you watched me play through the game while I worked out for every death, was my encounter with the armored, oddly European knight, it felt like. Like, he was like a dude in a, in a suit of armor, and the idea is that you're supposed to push him off a bridge. And up to this point, the game, unlike any Dark Souls game or Bloodborne game, you are unable to push enemies off a cliff to kill them. I was like the first thing I tried in the first year. I'm like, am I allowed to push enemies off a cliff to kill them? I can't. Oh, okay. That sucks, but whatever. That's the rules in this game. I, I am sold. This is the rules of your game. I get it. We will. I will fight enemies fair and square. This is a game about meeting your opponent one up, like just straight up, heads up. Just back them against a cliff and then fight that way. Because I would do that a lot. The, this is an encounter that is inherently based on, like, you just need to parry and not just parry properly, but you need to parry from the proper angle so that you can get behind the guy, do a kill move, and in the kill move, it's not your sword stabbing in the back that kills him, but it's pushing him off the cliff via the kick to remove yourself from, to disengage that causes you to win the fight. And that was the one that I was like, well, that doesn't seem fair. Sure, the point you raised was valid in that the, the game clearly choreographs like, hey, every time he attacks a piece of this bridge, the wall breaks. And, and, and Hey, he doesn't have a health bar. Hey, He does have a health bar. But he doesn't have any... He, has, he doesn't, though, because he has a health bar, but he doesn't have any circles. Well, and, and, and that's what... Brought up, I was like, oh, well, shit, his armor's like magic or something, so I'm going to have to tear it off. Because, one, he looks clunky as hell running around in that armor. Like, he has a I hard... I think you were twitting your head about this. No, he has a hard time moving, and I'm like, oh, he moves slower, and he choreographs his attacks and signals his attack very simply just because he moves so slow, so I can tell when he's going to attack. And the game says immediately before this, you get a prosthetic that is a spear. And the spear description says if you attack them with it and pull back, you have a chance to rip off poorly fitting armor. So I'm like, oh, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. Duh. And so when it didn't work, it frustrated me because it seemed like that's what the game was telling me. That's how you beat this boss. So when it didn't, I was just like, do I really have to knock this guy off? Because it seems like everything I've seen up until this point tells me that's not how to win. And that's how you win. Not a, not a huge deal breaker, but it just felt a little disappointing. Yeah, it feels like they threw it in for variety for the sake of variety and not like, you know, you could just get another boss. You could just kill him normally. Yeah. But, I mean, there's some novelty to the encounter since it's the only one that's like that. Oh, wait, you can't pull off his armor? Can you? Chat's saying you can pull off his armor, but I tried multiple times. Because you're supposed to press R2 and then... You press R2 I'm again. I'm live Googling. Live Google. Here we go. I'm curious about this because if that works, I'm, I just never figured out how the spear works. <laughs> We're looking at allgamers.com. Definitely. Oh. Well, uh, I don't think we're going to find any description. 
Um, I'm trying to think what else, because I think we're kind of winding down. But how long did it take you to beat the last boss in the game? Well, like three or four times. Really? That's a lie. Like an hour. Uh, like it, it took me an hour and fifty minutes to beat the last boss. Yes. <laughs> I do feel like I beat the game faster than you, though. <laughs> oh, I almost a hundred percent of it. Like I, oh, really? I beat the game with like max, like, oh. almost all the beads, oh, okay. all the seeds, and I and I explored every area. So like I I did that. So I, I spent a lot of time exploring. I do. Which like... also made the game easier for me is because I took time in between them to be like. Okay, let me get all the mini-bosses because I'm going to have more health, I'm going to have more gourd seeds because I'm going to get all these upgrades. Um, so eventually things became easier because I was more powered. I invested a lot of skill points, not in skills, but in, but in attack power, which is which was a fun strat. Did you like the last boss? Um, I don't know why I had to keep on fighting fucking uh, Genichiro, Generico. <laughs> But aside from that, it's like, oh, this, this 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 is cool. I like the book ending. I'm a big fan of book ending as, as a literary device. Yeah, it's uh, nice. This is the like, guy you started the game with in the same location, and then you end in the same location. I like uh, I like the final form of him. Uh, I like that the run back to the boss is really quick. I like uh, uh, his spear phase. Oh, I hated spear phase. That's the one that I had the most trouble with. No, that was easy. I, the first phase, I was like, oh, this is great. This is super easy. Second phase, super easy. His third phase, hard. Fourth phase, when he does the lightning stuff, I was like, oh, it's not bad. The lightning was always easy because it's just like if you knew how to pair the lightning, it's it's just so much posture damage. That's why it felt weird doing that weird dragon fight in the... That was the only fight that felt like the Bed of Chaos from Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. That it's a, it's a puzzle boss fight, essentially. And that you need to time it right to do this very specific action. It's a giant dragon who's a tree, essentially, throwing lightning strikes at you. And so, oh, what? There's a young, optional young owl fight? What? Yeah, you can't get that if you go down the that, that owl strike. The return route? Right, the right time, because, yeah, you have to, you go back into the memory and you fight young owl again. Oh, shit. So that's the only boss I didn't play because I, uh, you know, you kind of you wall that off. I got there's also two prayer beads there, which sucks because you can't max out your prayer beads on one playthrough. Oh. I guess I got a new game plus it then. You're not going to do that. I might. Well, maybe I'll wait for the DLC to drop. I <laughs> I didn't new game plus because I waited for the DLC. That, because <laughs> I made the mistake of Dark Souls 3 of going to new game plus and then just stopping playing and then having the DLC come out and have to play for like five hours to get to the DLC. I always have the problem where I start a new game plus, don't play it, and then when the DLC comes out... I forget that I started a new game plus, and I'm like, okay, I'll just run to the DLC. And then I run to the DLC, and because it's new game plus, I'm like, I'm completely underleveled for this area. Oh no, what do I do? <laughs> Thank you from software. It's great. I love that the game does that, but sometimes it's a pain in the ass when you paid $10 to do it. <laughs> I like Sekiro. I don't think I like it more than Bloodborne. I don't think I like it more than two Dark Souls games. Mm. But I, I think I think that it's not fair to compare it like that. I guess the only reason that comparison exists is if you're looking at, like, you know, stuff from that developer. Yeah. I think it's a phenomenal game in its own right and worth playing for someone who, you know, isn't put off by the get-good, hardcore gamer mentality. I think there's a lot of things to learn there from a game design perspective of teaching mechanics. I think that it approaches both combat and stealth in interesting new ways. 
I, I, I like the game. I, it's been a while. The last time that I binged a game like that um, was uh, when I played God of War, which was my favorite game last year. So, you know, I, 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 I'll, early, early game of the year contender for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm sold on the world of the game. I think feudal Japan with elements of Japanese mythology is super up my alley. Um, but I think in the, in the FromSoft canon, for me, it ranks number two right behind Bloodborne. I think for me it's Bloodborne, Sekiro, and the original Dark Souls. And then after that, I'd probably go Dark Souls 2, then Dark Souls 3. Oh, Dark Souls 3 is so much better than Dark Souls 2. You're incredibly wrong about that. <laughs> Dark Souls 3 is the best game in that, in that series. Oh, I don't, dis- I don't agree at all. <laughs> I think it's the weakest. But that's okay. Everyone to each their own. It's entirely more fun, the game. It's just... <laughs> the only reason that Dark Souls 1 is better is because the first half of the game when you're acting when the world is actually properly interconnected before you get the opportunity to fast travel is the best iteration of Dark Souls. But Dark Souls 3 is... is this is and just to touch on that super quick i think sekiro is not inherently great at that that sense of like oh this area connects to this area that dark souls one does because you can see they've reused the castle three times from different different stages well not only that but you can also see the areas but it's usually accompanied by a broken bridge that you think like oh is there something here that i need to unlock to allow me to traverse the chasm but not really but that said dark souls 3 is just a a world hub that you get transported to a specific area and then you just go back. It's not as connected as Dark Souls is. That's why I don't really care for it as much. I still really like it, but Dark Souls 3... The game itself is better, even though the map is not as good. Dark Souls 3 to me is just, hey, do you like Dark Souls? This entire game is just fan service then. Yeah. (laughs) Which is nice. Uh, But yeah, if you haven't played Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, we... Highly recommend it. I think I personally think that it is the most approachable FromSoft game, just because it plays its card up front. There's nothing hidden that you need to be better in the game. Like it's just you. All the tools are available to you from the get-go, like Super Mario 64. I think it's a game that is worth uh, you know your time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's worth your time to try. Because it's such a unique experience. And even though you know, we make all these comparisons of the front software games, like it is truly a unique experience in today's world of gaming where most games feel some way, shape, or form or, you know, like another. So that, I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, Hollow Knight is a game that I want to pitch to people. And I want to be like, this game is fucking awesome. You should play it, even if you don't think it's for you. It's hard for me to do that with Sekiro because I think that the game is fucking awesome, but like I, I don't want to go beat people over the head with like, hey, play this game. Yeah. It's not like it's not like it's some kind of like you know, uh, cult game or, or indie gem. It's it's just it's just a very solid, unique game that is fun to play and doesn't really overstay its welcome and is worth your time. So if you're someone who you know would call yourself a quote hardcore gamer, then. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy slam dunk for you to at least have an experience with, even if you don't complete it. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm getting more sick. Yeah, I think I've gotten sick. That's not how that works. What do you mean?
mean? That's not how that works. You you said that you get progressively you felt progressively sicker, and I feel like I have the early, the early inklings of sickness now. Nah, you're a little bit of a hypochondriac. <laughs> I know you are. Nah, I'm fine. I'm that's not the, sick. That's not how germs work. I'm not sick. I'm fine. But that was garbage game club. Yeah, this was an impromptu episode. I know we didn't really say it at the top uh, because, you know, uh, we, we are missing some cyber garbage shows. We both played Sekiro. It just felt um, appropriate. And, and it, it felt appropriate to do even though, like, you know, in, in, in our canonical garbage game club order, we did announce last time that the next game would be Detroit. Um, you know, Sekiro dropped. We both played it. And we felt that it was proper to, you know, talk about, like, this is a great outlet to just, you know, even if no one was listening, to just talk about the game. Uh, and you know, grow as, as as analysts with each other. Yeah. But uh, that being said, you know the, the plans of the next game being Detroit haven't changed. Yeah, Detroit is going to happen probably within a week because I'm probably just going to power through it. Probably not this weekend, but likely next weekend. I think because we don't have a show next Friday because Alex is gone, we can just play that in lieu of a stream. Do some Sekido. Let, uh, let's Detroit. play with some commentary. Start, start Detroit. Start. Yeah, sorry. I, th- I think I think you know pending mix schedule, but I assume this is what we'll end up doing is that you know you know normal show time we'll do we'll do Detroit and yeah. then uh, Nick will you know fidget out the weekend and then uh, you know we'll give it like another week or so and then we'll record the podcast again and then uh, we'll all be up. I probably never mind. I'm not gonna go in with any preconceived notions. You already have them, it's fine. The next game is going to be Detroit Become Human. I kept getting it confused with Beyond. Uh, that game is crazy. <laughs> you should, you never played Beyond, right? I, I don't. Uh, I haven't. That's so... It's... it's ew, I will day, play it one day. One day you will. It'll be better if you're high. <laughs> but that was Garbage Game Club. If you are interested in this, you got a couple of options after. If you want to watch a video form and you want to watch it early, consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage. There you'll get access to, as soon as it drops, the next Garbage Game Club, or you'll get access to our movie podcast, which is in a similar vein called Joey Hates Movies, where we do... Everything's a book club! Where we do a deep dive literary analysis, essentially, on a movie. And it is accompanied by me... Coral, who both love movies, (laughs) and Joey, who feels that way about movies. So if you're interested in how we talked about games, can you imagine how we talk about movies? It's great. But say you're on the more frugal side and you want to not back us on Patreon, which we can't fault you for, and you just want to wait, well, you're in luck because we release this podcast in audio form. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you get your podcast. So you got you on your iTunes. We got you on your... Are we on Stitcher? Kind of. We're kind of on Stitcher. We're on uh, Spotify? Yeah. We are on Spotify. Google Play. So if you're interested, subscribe to us. Leave us those five stars because I feel like every podcast that I listen to says to leave five-star reviews. It's important. So please leave us five-star reviews. Um, but other than that... Have a lovely Friday and an even lovelier weekend. Thank you for joining us. Have a great night. I'm going to go turn off the stream now. Joey, don't go in my room. I'm not going to. (laughs) Cough, cough, fuck. Bye, guys. Thank you very much. We're out of halls.
is just the worst. I was so happy when I learned how to take pills. And it sucks that the only thing that's like still a really good cough suppressant is liquid medicine. I used to cringe at uh, the, the purple medicine that my mom used to give me. It tasted like grape when I had bad uh, a bad sore throat and it was the worst. What's up party people? I don't know if you know paper bag uh, but that is that's the catchphrase from I think the Kevin and Bean show the Los Angeles radio station. Oh, yeah, there is a little bit of an echo. Is it because we're getting both mics? Can we Should we turn the gain down really low on both of them? Yeah. That should be a little better. Nope. I mean, if you just turn the gain down and you turn the gate up, you can turn the, you turn the yellow knobs up, right? That's not, this isn't a gate. Testing. Testing. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after this, all. Uh, it's a small world after all. I thought that there was like that there was that the yellow knobs were a gate. Echo gone. He says perfecto. But can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can we? Can we? Can we have a conversation that is pleasing to your eardrums and make it bounce just a little bit back and forth? Wobble, 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 wobble. Why do I have to talk? Can I just make you talk? Can you be the one who is conducting the voice, the maestro of adjectives, the person who says words, the Nick Lamone? Uh, you're just going to keep on pressing. You're, you're just doubling? Oh, people were saying that it was fine. Really? Is this okay? It seems to intensify when you repeat it. It's because I, I adjusted my mic so it doesn't work. But maybe this is better? When you, when you get louder, I pick up the echo a bit, so really, if we just kind of keep it. Testing, uh, testing. Maybe, maybe maybe the thing is that we just keep it tranquilo. Tranquilo? Tranquilo. Now we can't really hear Nick. Nick's this should quiet. be okay now. Nick's quiet. I adjusted the Yo, game Joe, so when are you going to color your hair again? I want to I wanna dye half my head again. Uh, it won't be a color, but it'll be blonde. Great, I got it. I'm going to move my Holy headphones. crap, you guys got quiet as fuck. I'm going to remove my headphones just because I don't want them to get the sick. That's not how that works. Germs get on your things. That's how you get sick. They were already over here. They're not going to get more sick by being... They're in your room. We share all the same air. Our apartment's small. Don't panic. I sick much more people. Um, Joey has a head. I can't tell. This is intentionally styled. Oh my gosh, it's. Oh man, Tanner got me again. Damn it. Dude. I thought um, it was that cutie from freshman year. Nah, man. The blonde from biology. Tanner fucks. My biology teacher is probably dead. I've met two Tanners in my life. And they do not fuck. That's lame. <laughs> because only cool kids fuck. Tanner is not a name I usually associate with fucking. Any, why do you have to say fucking like that? Because it's the fun way of saying it. Fucking. 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 Oh, God. It's <laughs> so dirty. You're not allowed to be um, 
I'm playing a character whenever I do it. I don't uh, actually mean it. Yeah, cause cause in my mind you're not allowed to be like provocative. <laughs> what do you mean? I I, I uh, um. I'm I provocative. I see you as uh like like zero zero. Uh, what it's not like sex appeal, but like zero amounts. Uh, you're like you're like a grandma sex ed teacher. What? How like dare you? it can it can only be clinical. How dare you? What do you mean? You're not allowed. You're not allowed to like be the guy on the dance floor, like with his shirt off, air humping. That's that's that, that's not you. You are uh, the exact opposite. I mean, that's fair. Echo on Joey. So do I just? I think I just need to get away from you a little bit, and then aim the mic a little bit away, and I think we'll be all right. Yeah, because the mics do have fronts. So maybe if I oh, they just. Do? Where's the front on this mic? Um. Where the CE is? This is the front. This is the front. So if I just don't Wait, point the front. How do you tell? No, no, that's the back. The CE is the back. Okay. The CE is the back. Got so, it. So I think that we're going to be okay. I, I, I'm just I'm just making sure that I get that burp out, but also that... Uh, <laughs> how long have you been doing well, this? Well, to be fair, these mics cost like $20. Uh, Nick looks like a jock smashing down Modelo, and Joey looks like Donnie Darko LaMeo. I don't know what Donnie Darko looks like. Wait, no, he says Nick looks like a jock smashing down Modelo, and Nick looks like Donnie Darko. I look like both. There's a Nick's life could have gone in a fashion where he was just um, had two kids by now. Oh, God, don't even say stuff like that, dude. But it's true. Yeah, absolutely. I have an idea. Put your mic down. Put it like right here in the middle. Tell real quick before we actually get started. Tell us if this sounds better. If we just talk into the same microphone, though. Yeah. There? If we just talk like this, how does this sound? I'm gonna crank the gain. I'm gonna crank that soldier boy. You. How's this sound? Does this sound worse, or does sound does this sound a million times better? Crank that soldier boy. And you crank that soldier boy. And you. I'm more of a kiss me through the phone kind of guy. Oh, why you hanging? Why they? Oh, why they hanging? Soldier boy, that Superman. They're saying it's still it's better. No, but they can still hear. That's 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 uh could be room. Echo. Yeah, it's definitely room echo. What if you try your mic in the center, not mine? I think your mic's the good one. No, your mic, your mic, my mic was echoing. Your mic wasn't. Nick is louder now. Correct loudness, but room echo. All right, well, let's try one more time. Yeah, let's try with your mic. All right, this is my mic. Yeah, no, unplug mine. Unplugging. Kiss me through the phone. Kiss me through the phone. See you when I get home. That's so disgusting. What? Why is it disgusting? He's gonna see his lady when he gets home. That's something nice. That's why a thing. You, that why are you assuming Soldier Boy's sexuality? No, babe. Oh, I guess he says babe, babe. No, he says something. You, my future wifey. Yeah. Like okay, fair. Nah, still like okay. That means that means that you're putting up with. Um, Mm. Is this screenplay? And feeding back on your computer. Oh shoot, yeah, that might be it. You know? Testing, testing. Yeah? Well. Well. Fuck. So let me let you let me let you in on a little bit of a secret. Um 
I, you might have picked this up from the whole NyQuil conversation, not feeling that well. And as such, um, I, we, we just, uh, I just set up a quick little, little Studio B, little Studio B in our kitchen, because I thought it would be easier than then going to and from the house and all that stuff. Um, so while I am slightly more comfortable, the compromise is that um, the, audio, the a audio sounds a little worse now. Which ultimately my fault. I'll take that out. But um, and when we uh, when we put this podcast up on uh, on uh, Spotify, people will be like, "What happened with the Sekiro episode? Why does it sound like ass?" And then um, the answer will be this. I mean, this is definitely going to be one of the better episodes, just because Sekiro's so dang good. Is Sekiro? A good game. Yes. Wow. I feel like we really buried the lead. Okay, podcast over, everybody. Let's go home. We discussed all of Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, and by let's go home, I mean I'm just going to go over to my bed and get back to, to watching Netflix. I think I might know what the problem is. Nick might know what the problem is. Um, I want to let you in know a little bit of a secret. A little bit of a secret. A little bit of a secret. You ready? We're still trying. There's a slight echo, but I'm not really sure how to fix that. I don't know what's up. Is this is our mixer busted? I mean, there's so many things. Like, it could be the mic, it could be the mixer, it could be you know the fact that our room's echoing. Oh, you gotta stop doing that, Joey. Doing what? That moving the mic. Oh, <laughs> this is the air. No, 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 putting it on the table. Oh, sucks. sorry. Yeah, I think this is going to be as good as it's going to get. I can try correcting for this in Premiere when I edit. I can try removing the uh, room tone. Edit audio and audacity, dude. I don't know how to remove room tone. I don't know. I'm sorry, there's an elephant in our home right now. You know, when I was younger, I used to get a lot of shit for the way I blew my nose, but um, I think only one of my family ever busted my balls for that. Yeah, it works. It's fine. It works. You know, I, who am I to say? I mean, it's loud. Kind of. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joey's just drinking so much tea. It's just hot water at this point, to be honest. Man, this is really annoying me because it should be fun, but it's not. Testing. 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 
Testing. Testing. Why is it picking up from somewhere else? That makes zero sense. That's not working. Okay. Well. Dude, are you getting audio from the webcam? No, I disabled audio from the webcam. I can close my door if that helps. I don't think it's the webcam, though. Why would closing your door help? Maybe it's from... Tell me if you guys hear a terrible clicking sound. It's not in the mic. Hey guys, welcome to Call for Help. I am uh, Leo Laporte. This is G4TV.com. TV.com. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. I'll keep talking. Because, um, I'll happily do whatever you need me to, Nick. That's that's our that's our agreement. Whatever you need, I'm there for you, always, unless it involves poop. I'm not good with poop. Vomit, great. Poop, not so great. Do what? Vent or vamp? Because normally my vamping is venting. It's just me really offloading all of my problems onto the world. Um, let's talk about how Amazon decided that they wanted to put advertising on their tape. Fucking genius, right? God. Um, have we talked about Disney Plus? We haven't talked about Disney Plus. Is this a thing that anyone at all is excited for? Because um, all that content is stuff that I couldn't give less of a flying fuck about. So the only reason I'd ever get a Disney Plus show is if um, their originals were that good. But I feel like because it's Disney, they're not going to have original content that I actually want. So. Excited for my Disney stock. Uh, dude, Robinhood gave me so many notifications about Disney today that it reached a 52-week high. This will likely just be better. Um, okay, yeah, dude, we are the epitome of every Twitch stream now. Yeah, well, <laughs> we are streaming on Twitch. No, because there are too many services. I don't, I don't want, I don't need all this stuff, so, so really, like, if I didn't have my parents HBO slash Showtime slash Netflix slash Netflix. I would still just I would still just pirate the stuff. I don't think I mean that I currently do to to justify to justify the price of a lot of it for 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 my watch time. And it, I feel like I would just get bogged down by all these fees. Hopefully this sounds better. Does this sound better? <sighs> Very loud now. Okay. We're off to something. This is good? Way better. Testing. 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 Great. Perfect. Hey, who needs a fancy cardioid? mixer? Uh, I am on cardioid. Cool. That means I have to talk in that direction. Oh, man. You got to talk into my mic now? Oh, man. This oh. sucks. Do we need to get, like, warmed up? I think we're warmed up. Are we it's warmed fine. up? Are we lubed up? You guys talking about Disney Plus? Yeah, fuck that shit, man. I mean, six ninety nine. That's very cheap, and it also has all the seasons of The Simpsons. 
Yeah, why does everyone talk about it like it matters? When's the last time someone wanted to watch 10,000 episodes of TV that hasn't been good for 10 years? I think it's fine. I don't really... I don't watch The Simpsons, but maybe I will. I kind of want to watch The Mandalorian. I'm of the idea that I want to watch a Western Star Wars. And uh, I like Pedro Pascal. He's one of my favorite... Uh, I'm not sure if he's Latino. I think he might be just Hispanic. But I really like Pedro Pascal. So I'm very excited for that series. But really, that's the only thing I'm actually caring about right now. Um, we don't have cable TV, though. We first don't. Of all. We don't. And, you know, I feel like the future will be, like, uh, just more account sharing, really. Yeah, It'll honestly. be like, you know, like, you know, Nick has Netflix. I have Disney+. Plus. We have each other's accounts. My girlfriend has Hulu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to where I don't have to buy any of that stuff because I have people to borrow it from. Mostly my parents, who, um, it's definitely not worth it. The amount of money that my parents throw away just, like, on satellite people. Well, my mom watches so much garbage television. And I like this type of garbage television, like Real Housewives of Atlanta garbage television. She loves that shit. So, they have, like, a real cable, like, a real satellite service that I can take advantage of. I'm trying to think of what I pay for... HBO Now currently, I pay for Giant Bomb Premium. Why don't you just use my HBO? You have HBO? Of course I have HBO. I oh. think I watch all this shit. Well, for HBO Now, I could just charge IGN because I'm doing this Game of Thrones show for them. So I'm just like, whatever, I'll just do that. Because, I mean, I'm supposed to. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's, that's the only reason why I signed up for HBO Now. Um, Giant Bomb... And I think, honestly, I think that's it. I pay, I, I support a couple Patreons, but that's about it. That's like the only paid subscriptions that I have. Yeah, I'll support a Patreon because um, I I like the idea of giving people to people directly who are making stuff that's worthwhile. Absolutely. If you, also, it would be hypocritical if I wasn't, I feel like, in no, a sense. If you, I, I think that's one of the things that I try to make a point to do. Like, if I like the content someone's making if i think that they have a voice that i identify with i think it's my obligation to throw them at the very least a dollar a month you lose a dollar a month just randomly you know yeah and i i uh i, I do something similar like i just you know give give a couple dollars give like two dollars uh only fan the budget 45 dollars a month only fans budget What's i'd that? rather no, i'd rather not go into that it's like a porn thing. Oh. But is it like Rule 34 porn? No, it's like a Patreon for direct people. So it's basically Patreon with, with the expectation that porn, I believe, I actually don't really know. But Where I do you get the majority of your porn? I, I don't watch that. I'm a, I have one hand on my Bible every day. <laughs> I'll ask Nick later when he's drunk and I'll report back. <laughs> uh, like, it's rent to him. I'm still in 1999. Um, anywho. No, it's like page jump for actual porn. Yeah, you can yeah. buy videos, premium Snapchats, etc. What's going to happen to the porn industry when Snapchat just dies? Uh, they'll make a Snapchat for porn. I feel like that's very difficult to do. Eh, not really. You just make... A, I mean, how many Chinese companies have made a Snapchat I guess. adjacent app that's just... Not that's just um you you who cares you you're just looking at it for 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 porn. Oh my god! I hate the sounds you're making right now. <laughs>
Hey guys, where's episode 3 of Joy's Movies Podcast? I have them all on a flash drive, and I'm going to upload them tomorrow. And if I don't upload them all tomorrow... Um, at Joey on Discord and at Leaf Eater on Twitter bugging him. Where is episode 3 of Joey Hates Movies? Is that 7? If I don't upload it tomorrow, uh, I'll take a video of Nick kicking me, like, like, like penalty kicking me directly in the testicles. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Really? Yeah. If you asked me to, I could. I, I couldn't do that to you. I would devastate you, Joey. Well, I mean, I'd pull the punch a little bit. It's not like <laughs> I'd fucking you know, swing for the fences. Dude, I give 100% in anything I do. I, that's a lie. I would. I think that, I always give 100%. That's a lie. That is not a lie. Maybe you're 100% just like 90% sometimes. Oh my gosh. My favorite moment in Jackass was when Steve just got kicked directly in the nuts naked. I don't think I watched that one. I've only seen Jackass 3. Ugh. You should really watch the second one. You should watch all of them. I will. I will definitely. I had a guy ask me to kick him in the nuts once. I definitely swung for the fences. <laughs> oh my god. Lance Bender. <laughs> um, if I control Rewind, I'd want Fortnite. Well, I played a game once where... Um, a bunch of us were camping, and we sat on the uh, we sat on the beach, kind of like a, there was like five of us were in like a star formation with all of our legs open, facing toward each other, and there was one racquetball that we just tried to to launch about ten feet into someone else's uh, nuts. Jesus. It was a good time. That's dude, that's terrible. How old were you? I don't know, like fifteen. Oh, that's fine. That's a normal thing for that age. Hey, it's Lasekito. <laughs> what? Oh man. How are we ever going to find a cold open for this now? That's fine. I'm just going to use, like, I'm immediately open. I hate it when you do that. Why? It's fine. It's just for the people. We never advertise that there's something after the podcast. I like to do, like, a 45-second music, like, sting at the end, and then it fades into gradual talk. So usually in most podcasts, once they sign off, I'm usually like, all right, I'm done. I'm out of here. But sometimes I've been, like, too busy where... I just let the podcast run to end, and I'm like, oh, I thought it was ending. Oh, fun. There's a bonus. Great. I'm going to continue listening. We listen to podcasts very differently. I always look at the time code. No, I usually never look at time code while I'm listening to podcasts. It's just something to have on to fill the emptiness of my life. I'm sorry for you. You can just talk to me more if you want. No, it's fine. You don't need the voices in your head. It's like the thing that people do when they turn their TV on when they get home. They don't watch it. They just like the Never background do that. noise. You always do that. That's not true. Every time the TV's on, I'm watching something. That's not true at all. Yeah, You're always asleep, and I hear YouTube videos going at like 110% volume. I hear, what's the, what's the guy you like to watch on YouTube? I know exactly which one you're thinking of. The, the, the very good speaker host guy. The very good speaker host guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember his name. I really don't know which one you're talking about. The one about. who wears a suit all the time. The one that wears a suit all the he's time? He's a shoutcaster, I think. No, I think he's a host. Day, day 9, Cloud 9, Day 9. Day 9. You like Day 9. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those videos in a long time. But, like, I remember you would watch, like, his Dark Souls videos, and it's just... Yeah, like, I'd fall asleep to him. you fall asleep, and his voice is... He's, oh, he's trying to make his way through Anne Orlando, but he... He can't beat that Ornstein and Smoth, but well, he's trying. That's just because you wake up and they're still playing. Yeah. Because I go to bed <laughs> listening to like three hour long YouTube videos. I like to fall asleep to uh, 
silent long plays like where there's no commentary but of like jrpgs of games i'll never play just because i don't have the time so i'll put like dragon warrior 3 up and be like all right you're gonna play dragon quest 3 i'm just gonna fall asleep to it or like a game i've already beaten like final fantasy 2 i never want to play final fantasy 2 again but i just like the sounds that it makes so i'll fall asleep to that I think that if I fall asleep to educational content, I'll, sl- I'll osmosis some of it. <laughs> you're 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 of the mindset that when you have a baby, you put the the headphones on the ba- on the belly, and you listen to Mozart. There may or may not be science to that. <laughs> I haven't read all the reports, but I do. Most of the YouTube content I watch is educational. Oh really? That's, yeah. Eh. Like like I'd, I'd say, seventy to eighty percent of the YouTube content I watch is either educational or. Or like essay format. I video essay. I will have spurts where I go through like educational content on YouTube, where like usually it's history stuff. That's the only stuff I really care to listen to on YouTube. But outside of that, it's usually just giant bomb or uh, cool ghosts. That's about it. Or Jeremy Parrish. I really like Jeremy Parrish. I too like Jeremy Piven. Um... <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm gonna grab a beer and then we can talk Sekiro. See, but now you gotta figure out where you're gonna cut. Oh, Final Fantasy IV? Uh, I never played Final Fantasy IV on DS, but I played it on PSP, PlayStation 1, and GBA. Why'd you play the game three times? I really. Final Fantasy IV is very good. Man. Also, the PSP version is gorgeous looking compared to everything else. I really can't count the games that I've played more than once on one hand. I played Final Fantasy VII. Six times, and I've 100%ed it four times. <laughs> when have you done that since you've been an adult with a full-time job? Twice. Well, it's easy now, because on PlayStation 4, you can do turbo mode, where it, it like operates at like three times the speed. So it's just like, oh, this is just like comfort food. It's nice. Don't you feel like you're just wasting your time? No, time you enjoy wasting. Time you enjoy wasting is not time wasted at all. Okay, Jeremy Piven. Is that what he says? I don't know who Jeremy Piven is. Uh, it's a basketball player. Mm. 